Back at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, got the coach Dan Spivey here. It's the Lakeland Sports Guys podcast as we've enjoyed the uh, Tuesday edition this time around. Yesterday, uh, Martin Luther King Day and a lot of celebrations going on in and around there honoring that great man and what he stood for. And we're, we are all in support of everything that uh, went with that. And it just continues to grow uh, as far as the diversity uh, in the United States as of right now with the caucus going on and, um, you know, politics. We don't even want to get into that because we are a sports podcast, right? We well, are. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's get into the politics of sports. A lot to talk about. Uh, matter of fact, the uh, executive committee today at 9 o'clock got started uh, along with uh, all kinds of other things that were going on with the um, – shall we say, the uh, uh, opposing of where the classifications were. And then, of course, they'll go in. Once this is over with next week, they'll get into the uh, uh, classifications as far as which region that you're in. We'll go through that all. And then there at the end of the month, like the 26th, is when uh, all that will come to a final hold, and they'll eventually get everything out to everybody else, and we'll know exactly where everybody stands for the 24-26 seasons. This is the politics of sports. <laughs> That's what it is. That's so, what's going on right now. Yeah, not anything politics out there in the world, but yeah, this is a. And like I said, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. But I mean, uh, you sent me some text earlier about some things that surprised you a little bit, and we got one that's going to surprise a lot of people, but not me. But um, <laughs> that we'll talk about. But yeah, it's uh, good to be here today, man. Like I said, we took. You know, you said, "Hey, man, let's take it off. Let's take Martin Luther King off to be, you know, do our thing." And why? You know, like I said, great. I mean, you don't follow that up either, so we wouldn't have done anything positive with a podcast for Dr. Mark Luther King either. But I don't know how you could do anything uh, other than what he did. It was the greatest thing of all. So, And, you, and that's what we did. We didn't do anything. We can't <laughs> top it, so we're just going to do what we do. And help celebrate it. Well, uh, we got also uh, some things to talk about as far as what's going on in the college aspect. A lot of uh, coaching changes that were going on. If you listen to Thursday's show, we basically talked about uh, uh, Nate Sa- Nick Saban and, and what a great coach he is. He's going to definitely be one of those, uh, if not uh, the top goat uh, out of all of them that are up there. He's definitely up there above um, Coach Bear Bryant uh, as of right now and, and a few others. But it's, it's going to be hard to beat what he has accomplished over the course of what 17 years i never thought in 17 years that he would still do what he did and would still surpass what bear bryant did uh, but it did and like i said he's one that's going to be missed and we talked about it thursday who's the next guy you look to or look for not in a coach at alabama but who's the next czar of college mm-hmm. and i guess you go to coach with a lot of experience a lot of wins and i don't know man you could probably throw dabs in that mix with the wins and the national championships but I don't know how far you go to find that next Nick Saban, but and I had to get off the Satan part of it because I had a comment about that. But um, that's just one between you and I. But um, and like I said, when we left the other day, we were we weren't sure. I hadn't heard the AD say seventy two hours. Stan was right; he said it'd be pretty quick. I felt like they'd wait a week, maybe. I thought it was going to be at least a week or two. And you know, the hire's a good hire. You sit back and you look at Caleb DeBoer, and I mean. Great hire. I mean, but like I said, some of the people that we talked to, that I talked to this weekend, I just don't know that he's been around the game long enough to, to be a, what do you want to call it, the next coach at the University of Alabama where you are in the SEC or whatnot, and or the sheer fact that he doesn't have the area knowledge like Saban and the rest of the guys in the SEC or Southeast. Um, and I think that may be where recruiting comes into play a little bit. And that's the only concern I see for him. As far as the guy, I mean, you go out and get the hottest name out there, and who was it? It was Caleb DeBoer. Yeah. 
As far as X's and O's offensively, he's got all that. It's the defensive side that everybody's questioning. And, and you know, when you look it up, did you look up and see what he is? He's a defensive guy. Oh, is he? He is his whatever you want to call it is on defense. Uh, we do know he's bringing, I think Coach Grubbs is coming with him, the OC from Washington. Uh, I think he's also going to bring a quarterback with him that had just committed through the portal to him and Will Rogers, who does have SE uh, experience, by the way, at Mississippi State under. Um, Kibben. Mississippi State, the one that died. Um, oh, uh, Leach. Leach. Mike Leach. So, I, I think that's a positive. Because you're bringing a guy in, and he's still got another year or two, I guess, at least one year left. Um, and you were unsure about your quarterback anyway. He said he was out, then he went back in, then he was out, then he was back in. Um, and you're going to start to see. We, we talked about it the other day. That would, as of Thursday, it had only been one uh, receiver, the Williams kid, that had decommitted. And he may come right back. I don't know. But you, I think today you might see a couple more guys go uh, with, with the offensive coordinator being brought in instead of keeping Tommy Reese and some of the other things. The thing on. is, with Alabama, though, when they announced the hire, we saw how many offensive and defensive linemen, I think five right now, that went to Florida State, <laughs> and there were several others that got sprouted out throughout. So they're losing, you know, some, some good quality players. And they're losing line, and that's what you don't ever want to do. I mean, you can have the best quarterback in the world, but if you've got nobody to block, I mean, that's, that's where you're going to fall short at. So the first thing you do is you try to come in and, you know, come in kind of like strong and say, this is what I'm going to do with this program. That's mine. That's mine. Um, you come in and you try to meet the players and say, hey, I look forward to coaching every one of you guys. Um, we're going to probably make some changes to the coaching staff. But we'll discuss it with the coaches and they'll discuss it with you. And so there are going to be some coaches that are going to move on. We already saw T-Rob. T. Ron went to Georgia. He's going he home with his buddies, and, and 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 that surprised me because of all the guys, Tavarian Robinson is one of the ones that I wouldn't think would have left, even to go back with the guys he coached with at South Carolina. I I didn't think that would matter. I think I figured with with him being like you say, kind of that coach that comes in because now where do you step to now for a defensive guy? You've lost now. You've lost your OC and DC because you've already told your OC he's not staying unless Tommy Reese agrees to be a quarterback coach, back, receiver yeah. coach. Um, and, look, somebody's going to pick him up today or tomorrow. Tom Reese is from Notre Dame. And the one we didn't talk about the other day, we'll bring up Tyler Butler real quick. He's a kid that didn't get to play in time when he transferred with Reese to Alabama. He made a decision. He's going back to Notre Dame to play lacrosse. So he's getting out of the quarterback game <laughs> totally to go back to the school he started at. And I think that's pretty cool too. But it'll be interesting to see because it's one of those things that Alabama's an institution that has been there for a long time. They like things in order. They don't want to like boom, boom, boom. And you're in a boom, boom, boom situation now. You got to bring players in. You got to bring linemen in. And like I said, the ones committed to you know the board that, that were at Washington don't think they won't look to maybe travel with the coach. Yeah. Um, I just want to see how you can do the next couple of years recruiting against, you know, ACCSEC guys because they're all fighting over the same players in the Southeast. But overall, great hire, I think. I mean, I, I would do with other guys. I probably would have looked at, but that's not my job. So I think they did a good job. And I told Stan, I think when Nick Saban walked in to talk to the AD and they both had DeBoer on the list, that said something because DeBoer is not a big name. And I think when they both had him on that list and that was done, <laughs> so they went ahead and made that hire as quickly as they could. And they have time now. Not like these high schools that continue to wait to hire a coach. they got plenty of time now. He's got to go back through, though, and he's got to stop the bleeding. He's got to get he these does. players back. He does. Yep. And, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think he can come in really strong and be like, it's my program, I'm running my way. After these kids are brought in under the 
the knowledge of what Nick Saban does, what Tommy Reese does, what Tavarian Robinson does on defense, and the rest of the coaches, Bobby Williams and the rest of that staff. I think it'll also be interesting, Tom, because there are several other staffers on that team that we talked about last week yeah. that have not been decided what we're going to do there. I think when you come into a staff like Alabama, you probably need to keep half of your staff that's there because that's familiarity to our familiarity with the players. And I think that needs to be there. And I don't know that he wants to bring every coach he's got at Washington because they're not from here. That's that's the one thing about his offensive coordinator. He said, I'm going to follow my coach. I love my coach. and I've coached with him, you know, two other places, and, and I can move. My family can move. I don't know a lot of coaches are going to be willing to do that, to come across country. So. Well, for the most part, it sounds like he's keeping everybody other than the OC, but he was also looking at South Alabama getting a defensive coordinator. Yeah, and that's a good place to go. Man, he was a head coach. He is the head coach of yep. South Alabama. So, and he's known. So, yeah. um, I, I think that's what you do. I mean, like I said, I just don't think we know enough about Caleb DeVore yet. We're gonna learn. Great year at Washington, man. What he did, he showed my ducks what it was all about, and so. Well, but let's see if he can repeat it at Alabama now. Well, traditionally, following somebody as great as Nick Saban is hard to do, and it, and yeah. for the most part. Um, overall, it hasn't been done. I mean, you know, people have not been successful following successful coaches. That's well, just a tough road and to this be. this is something Chris might be able to look up real quick. <clears throat> coach Bear Bryant retires from the University of Alabama as head football coach. How many head coaches have they had before they got Nick Saban? We know Saban was there for 17 years. That's that's a lot of years, people. It's a lot of years. And Bear died in what the eighties? I can't remember exactly when. Uh, and he had a lot of coaches that were there, you know, four, five years, and that was it. Well, Ray Perkins took over for him yep. in '83. Okay, he was there till '86. Uh, went 32 and 15. Didn't have a bad, not a bad record. But he was only there three years. And back in those days, there were only what eight games. There weren't. There might have been playing ten, I think. Maybe. I don't know, but anyway. Um, Bill Curry took over in 1987. Yep. He was there till 1989. Uh, had a record of 26 and 10. Again, Two years. Another good record uh, overall. Two years. Gene Stallions from 1990 to 96, went 62 and 25. Six years. Um, Mike DeBose, 97 to 2000. (laughs) Three years. Went 24 and 23. He had the worst record out of all of them so far. Um, This is the worst one, by the way, I think. (laughs) Dennis Franchione, probably. Yeah, 2001 to 2002, 17 and 8. He went yeah. overall. Mike Pierce in 2003 was only there a year. Yeah. Did not coach a game. <laughs> and then one you and, and I talked about, Mike Shula. Shula. Yep. Yep. And then Shula came in. He was there. So three to six. So three years. Most of them haven't lasted more than three years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have had good winning records. But. This yeah, but is, it's not for this Alabama. This is Alabama. Yeah, yeah you, that's one of they the – They expect 11, 12 wins playing for a national championship every year. And, and, it, and this goes back to the Bear Bryant days. This, this didn't start with Nick Saban. I mean, this goes all the way back to the Bear. And then Saban has won six national championships – 
how many has he lost? He's been in two or three that he lost. So, you know, you get you start getting nine, ten national championship game appearances and you've only been there seventeen years. Uh, you were doing something right. And uh <clears throat> That's where it's just hard to follow somebody that's been that successful. Uh, yeah, like, well, but it took that many coaches to get the next coach. So is the Alabama fan base willing to put up with Kalen DeBoer for more than two or three years? I think they had to be. I, I And I think what well, we already knew because at the time when he retired, I mean, the fan base came out and said, whoever we do hire guys, we got to give him some time. Yeah. And that was their fan base. And, I mean, that I'll agree with that statement there. I don't think – that's the thing, though. I don't think with the team that's in place now. Let's say he brings in Rodgers. I mean, we already had Milrow. Yeah. I think that's a step up. I know Stan says all he did, did was win games, and that's fine. Um, I think you need a bit, a little bit more. I think they got to still figure out a way to run the ball more than they had did last year. And I think that's where that offensive coordinator coming line. in is going to do. Well, that's the offensive line. Coach. Right. And, that, and that's going to be who, like I said, he's offensive coordinator, but that's what he coached before he was a coordinator. He was a line coach. And I think they'll build on that. And I don't think this team is a slouch. No. It's not like um, uh, the kid that left Arizona to go to Washington. That's a little bit of a risk for me because he's already built a team in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Jed Fish, and that was a surprise when you told me he had left. And he went up to Washington yep. to take He took that job. Place. He didn't take Noah, thank goodness. So. But is Kalen the ball ready? to face a team like he just faced in the national championship game in Michigan that's going to come out every game and play that physical against him. He is he ready for that? <laughs> I mean, I mean you a, don't have a choice. Yeah, you're taking the SEC job now. now yeah, and that's it. the kind of games. And <clears throat> defense wins the championships. The offense, it just puts the fans in the stands, which you need them now with all the money you got to pay. But you got to have that defense, well, rem- and you, you got know, to be able to push people around. You know, he. I think. I think he's going to be ready for it. What he did against Texas, which is a team that is going into the yeah. SEC, and that has the same. Yeah, he's going to be playing them. That has that same mentality yeah. and, and saw that defense. Their defense played well against Texas, um, and I, I. You know, I. I think he'll be ready for that. Is he ready though? As you as you say, Stan. For it every week, back to back to back. Yeah. That might be a different story. His defense was solid at Washington. I mean, even even in that championship <clears throat> game against them, the offense is what let them down in that. Defensively, they were in the game with Michigan. It was just the fact that once J.J. McCarthy got that first touchdown, <laughs> it was tough to keep up with them from then on out. But there again, he's coming into a team that's, to me, I mean, I don't – He's any, got a boatload of five and four stars down there. Yeah, he does. He's just got to get them coached got up coach now. Him. I agree with that. All right, other uh, college action. We'll keep it closer here to home. The Erskine men's volleyball team had a big home match against Tusculum um, uh, that was canceled due to the bad weather, just like everything else on Friday, uh, the flooding that came through here. And then again today, we had more bad weather to go along with all of that uh, yesterday and today. Um, so that game has been rescheduled for Wednesday, January 24th at 7 o'clock. It'll be a Belk Arena. Um, snowstorms up there in Tennessee this week have kind of uh, limited them going up there to play. So uh, they had, uh, from my understanding, about six to seven inches of snow wow. up there. 
uh, over the course of, of Sunday and Monday to go along with that. But Erskine will still be in action at home this week. They're going to take on Benedict College Friday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, the Flying Fleet, um, you know, you look at men's volleyball and what they've been able to do. They've, you know, they've, they're pretty good overall. Um, you know, one and one right now uh, here on the season so far. Uh, their only loss uh, was to Edwards Water University. Um, that was a home loss. They lost two to three, uh, but it was competitive all the way down through that third set to go along with all of that. So um, we'll see how it goes. They got uh, Benedict College, as I said, coming up uh, on the 19th um, this coming Friday, and that'll be at Due West if you guys are looking to go. Sounds good, man. All right. Also at Erskine, got a look at the men's basketball program. 3-10, and 10, much better record than they had at this point last year, although they are 0-6 in, in uh, Conference Carolinas. West, uh, Southern Wesleyan University defeated them this past uh, uh, weekend, 86-62 to 62 overall. Um, these are two teams that are kind of down towards the bottom of Coastal Care of uh, – uh, Conference Carolinas to go along with all that. Erskine's three and ten. Uh, Southern Westlane's three and fifteen. Zero oh, and six. Erskine is in, in the conference. Two and five for Westland uh, in the conference to go along as well. But uh, Moses Clark, or Cheek, he had a big night, 15 points, also ended up with seven rebounds uh, in the process of all that. Uh, Corey Gaines had three steals. He had five assists to go along with that. Um, by the way, Cheek's also had two blocks in the process. So, uh, you know, just a big night for him overall, uh, what he was able to do. Jalen uh, Prelu had 15 points as well. Um, uh, most of those coming from inside the paint. And then Jalen Robinson, 12 points. you got three guys in double figures. That's a game, sure. Tom, that you let slip out of your hands. So. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the first half, uh, they were competitive in the second half. The first half, they got outscored 43-25. to 25. And I, I think that's why the coach is having a little bit of trouble with that one. Because, you know, you're 3-10, and 3-15. and 15. You know, I mean, you <laughs> they got five more losses than you do. And you got you got to hold home court. So look forward to play better. Like I said, that's a you know that's a conference that's not bad. If you like I said, the teams in that conference are pretty good actually in basketball. So well, they got a lot of room for improvement. They're shooting thirty four percent from the field as of right now. Only twenty four percent from the free throw or three point line. Um, that number generally, when you look at it, most of the teams in their conference are shooting up there around the thirty thirty five mark percentage mark. Uh, that's that number's got to improve for these guys. A lot of coaches doesn't allow just players to sit back and shoot threes at will and I think that's one of the things new coach man he's trying to probably earn the earn the respect from the players on both sides of the fence but if, if a guy's not hitting it like we always talk about Michi. Michi's a guy I use a lot when we're talking about three shooting and not being hot all the time. You might get him now if he makes two or three at home he might shoot a three point I mean one from half court. And the, the clock ain't even an issue. He just used to <laughs> shooting threes. The coach is going to let it, let's work it down inside and go for a little bit of a higher percentage shot. You were talking about their regular field goal percentage. You take the threes away and you start moving, working that ball inside, and that's going to go to 40 to 50 quick if you take a high yeah. percentage shot as opposed to a, I mean, a three-pointer. Yeah, all of their woes seem to center around that three-point line because uh, Southern Wesleyan also made 18 to 35 attempts from the three-point line. That was the big difference in the first half. Well, 18 to 35, I mean, 18 that's times three, 50%. buddy. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, 18 times three is big as it is. So. Well, it's over 50% shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the three-point line. That's tough to come so back So you're from. putting up threes instead of twos. Mm-hmm. 18 three, that's 18 more. I could hit 18 twos, and I'm still going to be down 18 points. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably why they that's why they continue to shoot the long ball, yeah. trying to get back into the game. Well, and if you, if you can be successful shooting the threes, which Erskine right now is not, 
at 24%. You've got to get that percentage up. You get that percentage up, that's going to bring the defense out of the box. That's going to allow your post people to get inside to get the easy twos and to get some cheap fouls and get some threes and maybe get some other guys from the other teams in foul trouble to where but here again, then you got to start hitting your three throws when you do it. But Tom, one thing I'm stretch the defense out. since you got it pulled up. One thing I always look at is I want to see turnovers and points off turnovers. If you got it, um, <clears throat> give me a sec. Let's see. Now they do have a tough game. They got to take on the number one team yep. in Conference Carolina. <laughs> that's that's coming up mm-hmm. in, in Emmanuel this. Tonight, 7 o'clock, uh, if you're interested in that, um, that should be an interesting to see. Uh, we always want like I said, hold on. even it's the best team in that conference, that doesn't mean they can't be beat. And as a coach, you just got to go in and say, hey, this is what we want to play. We want to play the best of the best. You lost the game, you know, like this past weekend. Let's go back and pick a win up against this team, and we're going to be noticed again. So, All right. Points off turnovers, Erskine 16.6, everybody else 11.8. Well, I mean <clears> – <throat> It's a little bit of a difference. I mean, you know. Yeah. Like saying, said, there again, you got to hit your threes. But that, that's, that's going to help open things up a little more for you. Um, you got to be able to pass the ball, pass the ball well. Recognize that if if you're out there dribbling in, in three-point land, if the shot's not there and all of a sudden you get a double team or you, a pick set, you know, you got to know where to go with the ball. Where is the open man? Where did this guy come from? you got to be able to see the court, get it to him. He might be standing all by himself down the corner for a three. Get the ball to him, and he can take it. Matriculates what you're trying to say. There you go. <laughs> Matriculated down yeah. the field. Yeah. You know, overall, when, you, when, you, when you look at the defensive effort uh, of the fleet and what they've been able to do, I mean, total steals, they've got 104 to everybody else's 67. So they're averaging about eight steals a game yeah. to uh, their opponent's 5.2. You look at blocks. Um, 32 blocks a game, or 32 blocks overall to 36, so 2.5 a game to 2.8. So it's about even that about is there. there yeah. um, turnover wise, um, you know, the 10.6 a game for Erskine, uh, their opponents 14.7 per game. Their defense is fairly good outside of around the three point line, and this may be just a one game thing. And it could be. I mean, a team, like I said, that might be the team in, in the Carolina Conference or whatever that, that does shoot the three very well. I mean, you basically have to play when you're playing in conference games like that. You base it on team by team, and Emmanuel may be that team that just puts it down inside, shoots you know sixty percent from the floor because they take high percentage shots, uh, and they stay away from threes. And I mean, I, there again, we'll find that out on Thursday because I mean you'll have the recap from that game. And it's a game though you can't be stunned if you you know if you go in and, and you don't win. I mean, at home, you want to win all your home games, but. Uh, like I said, Duas supports the basketball. I know, like I said, they get a lot of support from Dixie that's over there. Every time I'm going over to a game, you see it's just as many green, much green as you do Burgundy. <laughs> so it's a game. You, look, just because they're number one in that conference doesn't mean it can't be beaten. That's what if I'm the coach, I'm telling them to say, look, yeah. defense, let's get it done. Let's win. Let's upset somebody. Because that's what we prayed for all last year, and they didn't win a game. Mm-hmm. They've already got three wins. So, you know, the, you know, getting that guy. What do you always say, Stan, about go get you a – priest or something and yeah. let him pray over the quarter exercise the demon they did that because they got three wins already so let's go out and get the fourth win kind of even it up a little bit and just try to you know anytime you're down like that if you could just say hey let's try to finish 500 
Well, you got to put the foundation in. You do before you can put the roof on it. I mean, and so you know, you get he's getting the foundation in. Get some walls put up now, <laughs> and next year, you know, this year you're going to set goals. And yeah, everybody's goals: win a national championship, go undefeated. But in the real world, a coach is saying, "I just want to finish like you just said, 500." If we can finish 500 this year, we can finish 750 next year. You I know, think you've always we can, we can make some headway. If I was going to that, John, I would look at the team and say, hey, give me one win. Yeah. Then you say, give me three wins, and then you give me five. I think if you if – well, you, you just you, win the next one. There you just, go. Just it's give a, me a win. Next I'm, game, you know, step up. We, we're not worried about five games from now. We're worried about this game. Let's get – give me this win. This will be a big win, though. They even upset that number one seed or that yeah. number one team. Yep, yep, so far. Well, Lander is one of the top seeds uh, or top teams, I should say, in the Peach Belt Conference right now. They're twelve and two, four and zero in the Peach Belt to go along with it. They had no problem with Clayton State, seventy-one to sixty, the final uh, on Saturday night uh, to go along with all that. And when you look, um, you know, the first half wasn't pretty <laughs> at all. It was the second half when they really ended up taking off. Uh, uh, you know, Cooper had a big uh, uh, second half to go along with it. I mean, they basically uh, – and Noah Dunn, you throw his efforts into it as well. He, it was a complete turnaround. It's, and Coach, That's what Coach Omar does is he's able to go in and make the adjustments at halftime. And, and I'm sure it, it's not like the Dallas Cowboys where you go in and you fuss at them and they come out and they still stink. It's one where they actually made the adjustments, <laughs> made the improvements, were able to come out with a big win. And I think that's what you're seeing now. You know, Omar's in his, what, third, fourth year? I think this is his fourth or fifth. It may be fifth because we were at, when yeah. you interviewed him, he was coming in for his first year, so it may be five. Um, he's doing things because you remember Clayton State was that bugger night that we just could not get rid of at Lander that just always played the us. The girls' side is the, uh, Especially. Know. That and the men's side of Harry, uh, what is it, Harris? Young, Young Harris. Harris. Oh, gosh. And uh, so, I mean, I, th- I think Omar once we, we knew he could coach because look what he'd done in his career. At over the Nebraska school that had won how many championships? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and now he's come to a Peach Belt conference that's always been very, it's been a tough conference. And uh, I think they're doing what they want to do. They're getting things done. And when you got, no pun intended, but when you got a kid like Noah Dunn, um, that, he and Cooper, those are, your, those are your guys. And I see you got to get the ball too, and they're going to get you the points. Yeah, you know, and both of them had six rebounds to lead uh, all of the, the, uh, uh, Bearcats, as far as rebounding went, Dunn had, what, 19 points. Cooper ended up with five, but most of his effort was on the defensive side uh, to go along with it. The only other one, other two that were in double figures, you got to throw in um, Angjai, and I'm going to destroy the last name, and I'm sorry, Aguik, and then uh, 10 points for Torin Anders as well. Yeah, but you can also probably get Cooper, and he's got a lot of assists probably in that in that thing. Yeah, he's got a couple. So... <laughs> Overall, but big night for them, uh, you know. And now moving forward, things just get to get to be a little more fun uh, as they move forward now. And and you know, I don't even know where to begin because they got they got some big games that are still yet to come. Well, everybody's starting their conference play now. And everybody's what four, maybe five games into their conference, so. <clears throat> starting to get your feet wet. You're starting to play against opponents that you know from last season, the coaches that you know that are in the same place. Now, there may be a sprinkling of coaches out there 
are schools that have new coaches, so you might not know exactly what to expect. Uh, you know which players are coming back. And uh, so you can set your defense a little bit, work on your offense to, because you know what kind of defense they're normally going to run, and uh, get everybody on the same page. Everybody rebounds. Everybody plays defense. Everybody scores. That means everybody gets to play lots of minutes. <laughs> Until you quit doing and those. That, and that's when you win. That's when you win ball games. You're right. Uh, Wednesday night, they'll be in action back at Fennis Horn Arena. Uh, they'll be taking on North Georgia at that particular Another point. one. Another big, one of those fun teams. ones that are there. Yep. Well, let's talk about the girls because Clayton State has been – um, they've been a bugaboo. Let's just call it what it is. You go, you go back even to Coach Pedersen's years, and Clayton State was the one that gave them a hard time. This one went double overtime, 78-74, as Lander uh, drops a career-high 27 at Lander down in Clinton State. Clayton State in the process. It's a road game, wow. Yeah. Awesome. So both of them down there. you got to remember, that was a team um, that year in and year out, they, they play half court. They love to play half court. They don't like to, to jump and run out and that type of a thing. They want to tire you out. But we know that when Pedersen was there, that wasn't going to be the case. You were going to play it with him. Um, so, they're, they're again, they've, they're getting their way now. And, you know, Pedersen never had a problem with that. They would play that half court if they wanted to, but he could still get that group up and running. Yeah. And he did. Um, I think they may have a new women's coach. I could be wrong, but I think one of those teams in the Peach Belt has a new ladies coach. It may be Augusta. I could be wrong. So. Well, this game had 15 lead changes and 15 ties. <laughs> that tells you how, uh, you know, on the seat of, you know, edge of your seat the entire game kind of a thing. And that's what you, as Stan will well, say, as a coach, that's what you want. And that's, you know, you win your games at home. You, you know, protect this house deal. But then when you can go on the road and pick up a win – and I don't care. It can go four overtimes. As long as I got one more point than the other team, I'm loving it. You know, because I know, guess what? We beat you in your place. Now you got to come to my place. We'll I'm talk gonna, about that I'm going to protect too. my place. <laughs> That'll you be know. a concept of a, yeah. in a little bit. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so that's what's going on uh, at Lander and also over at Erskine as of right now. So we'll keep an eye on all of that uh, as it comes around. Turning towards the big guns uh, and what's going on, uh, you got to look at Clemson. They snap a three-game slide, uh, and they do it against a, uh, well, we say an undermanned Boston College team, 89-78. to 78 was the win there, snapping a three-game losing streak in the process of all this. They also drop out of the top 25 um, as of right now. But, you know, keep that. Uh, they may come back. We'll have to see if they're for real. Um, you know, I'm not sure what happened over those three games. They just stopped playing defense, it looked like, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, here they snap this one. They move on. They advance. Um, they've only lost four games here so far. Uh, Clemson is now 12-4 and four overall, 2-3 and three in the ACC. is probably the big factor in all of this. That, that's the key is that it was an ACC loss. At, and, you know, the, the three losses were all ACC loss. Mm -hmm. um, you, get the, you get the big win at home, even though it was against an undermanned Boston team. It's a conference win, and you've got to get them. I mean, you, it's where we go back to you win at home. And 
hope that defense travels well. We've seen that the Clemson defense, for some strange reason, has not traveled well. Defensively, though, in that game, I mean, Boston College had four guys in double figures. Yeah. Which surprised me. Now, but when you got P.J. Hall 26 and 11, Gerard 26 and 6, Shefflin was the one with the low points with 7 and 6. The R.J. Godfrey kids, the one that came out to me, it surprised me because he ends up with 11 points, three rebounds, and an assist. But all in all, like you say, Stan, you got to pin your house. That's how you break a streak of losing streaks. And I think what it was, though, we want to know what happened. League play hit. And and I'm not going to be stunned, and, and I you know as a gamecock, if, if if not on the lady side, we're talking men right now, but if we don't see a hiccup or two from Coach Paris's team, now that we are in league play, you're not going to win every conference game. We know that you just got to pin your home court, and like I said, we're getting ready to go to a road win for the Gamecocks. That was like you said, by that one point that you needed to on the road, and it was a huge win at Missouri Saturday night. So. Yeah, for but for Clemson, for Clemson though, I think the Miami loss was what started was, that yeah. streak, and I think that stuck in their head uh, for a while. And and it's like, oh, here they come again. We're gonna yeah, the same yeah, thing's gonna happen, and, thing. and and that's what didn't happen. Particularly against North Carolina, the same thing. Well, North Carolina, and, and, you know, but at <clears throat> the Miami game, the North Carolina game, and um, the third one. The North Carolina game was sandwiched between two double-digit losses. Now, it was a loss, but Clemson had a chance to beat North Carolina at home, and you get didn't get it done. And I think that played back to the Miami game. That weighs on you. But they were close. I mean, it was a five-point game. I mean, come on. You know, you want them to win. You, they got to get that win. That's one of those trying to got, them to win. That, yeah, that's one of the gutters. You got to get it. You got the team there. You got them in your house. They on the road. Need to beat them, and then they come back the next game and get beat by ten. And then they come out and they get they beat a Boston College team on their home court, but Boston College was without its leading scorer, the seven foot two guy. Now. I haven't seen him play, so I don't know if this is a legit 7-2 player or if he's just taller than everybody else. Uh, And they had two kids suspended, so, you know, they were kind of undermanned a little bit, and you would hope that Clemson would win. They should win. Uh, But in the three losses, uh, with the exception of the North Carolina game, Clemson just seemed to forget how to play defense. And – P.J. didn't have great games. Shefflin's had has really surprised me. And the losses that they had, Shefflin played like a first-round draft pick. I mean, the kid was just all over the place and just couldn't get help from anybody. <laughs> That's why I felt like Saturday's game was important yeah. because P.J. Yeah. Hall and Joseph Gerard did. They yeah, came back they and came took out. the pressure off Shefflin. They both scored 26 points. I mean, that, that's saying something. And then the Miami game, I'm going to tell you about Miami. They are almost the mirror image of Clemson if you watch them play. Mm-hmm. In the past, Miami with Laranoga, they, they were low post. This year, they can step out on the threes and shoot with you, and they do. Um, so that's, that's, that's a loss you kind of – you want to win every game at home. But to lose to Miami, a team that you're kind of the mirror, now if you're Clemson and you're Coach Brownell, you say, we got to go to Miami and get one now because we'd like one go. Well, no, <laughs> no, what you got to do now is, okay, guys, 
we beat Boston College, who's next up on the list? Who's the next name we're going to beat? You know, we're going to take this one game at a time. We're not looking to the Duke game five games from now or to the to when we go to Chapel Hill to play. We're not – we're looking at who we play next. We're looking at Georgia Tech tonight, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. So, we got to get ready for that. And <laughs> Georgia Tech, if I'm not – what they ranked in like – I mean, they're like number twenty-five or something like that. They're, they're just they're there. they're out there in the yeah in that thirty range. The yeah, honor, yeah, so, honorable you know, mentions. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, just like Clemson. So this is a this is a game that Clemson should win. But if they go out and take care of their business, play the defense that they were playing the first ten games of the season, twelve games of the season. You can win this game. This is a, a very winnable game. Now, I don't know what Vegas has got the odds are, and I don't know what the point spread is. But um, I, I, this is a game that I could see Clemson winning. They need to win it, get back on track, and get get to 50-50 in the, in the ACC. In the ACC. <laughs> if you want to be in the tournament and you want to get a first-round bye, these games are the ones you need to win. These are the you can't ones. wait till the end of February to start winning. All right, I'm not even going to talk about the Clemson <clears throat> women because Chris and I have a total disagreement over. <laughs> no, we we can't. Uh, well, let's put it this way: you and I, it's it's two to one over Chris. So if we <laughs> yes. want to talk about it, we can we, talk about it. We yeah, just cut, I don't want to talk about it. Reach over there and hit his button and cut him off. <laughs> Coach Butler, keep doing what you're doing. You're losing one-point games on the road. I, I'm with you. Go ahead. Yeah, and 10 but points here. you can't beat Power 5 schools. You can't beat anybody over a Division One talent. Power yeah. 5. I can't talent. argue that right now. But we can't. <laughs> All right. Men for for uh, Carolina, they went a big win over Mizzou. This one in overtime as well, 71-69. Uh, how big is this game for the Gamecocks? On the road. On too. the road at Columbia Moo. Yeah. And that and that's going to help get them ready for tonight's game with Georgia, rivalry game in Columbia. Of course, nine o'clock. So have to go home and get me a nap. <laughs> but uh, this is one of those this games. Is be was... a good game. This is a game that Carolina should win being at home. But it could Georgia could come come and win it. This is the, another one of those. This is the game we need to win. Early in the season, Georgia's good. Just, to just keep, to put it like it is. Well, and I think the wins. Carolina, uh, I think the Carolina defense learned something against Missouri, yeah. and you almost you almost saw the light bulbs go off defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, Coach Ferris's game is defense. We understand yep, that it is, uh, and he's going to put a good defensive squad on the court. He he wants some shooting threes, but. Unless Michi gets hot or Studi gets hot, you know, we're not – I don't know what the exact percentage is, but it's it's probably in that 30-something range. Uh, we got to get – and we don't really have a what I'd call a true post player. We got Gray at 7-2, but he doesn't play a lot. He's just there uh, for the – You know, he's <laughs> a statue in there, but uh, but he's a good sub man. He's, he's been on campus for – Three years now, I think. It's his fourth. Um, Stephen Clark loved the kid to death as a transfer, but he, you know, up, so up and down with his game. He's got to settle in. But coming out of the Citadel now, you playing 
this is big boy basketball now. This isn't playing Little Sisters of the Poor every game. You got to bring your game every game. That's what I, that's what surprised me about this team. What you just said. It's not just Clark. Yeah. BJ Max from Wofford. Yeah. So we got two guys in the starting lineup that are from Southern Conference. Here's your key. For two years now, we've had to sit there and watch this kid who is a postman. And it, well, I take it back. He's six eight. So Josh Gray should handle yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, it's Jabari Abdul Rahim, and against Tennessee Saturday, he was a monster. He's averaging 13 a game, but he had 22 in that game Saturday against a ranked Tennessee team, by the way, which they did beat Tennessee at yeah. home. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be coming in, and like I said, you got to worry about Raheem, and then um, I'll let you say the other guy's name right there. Don't Techie, even try. Techiwa. <laughs> Techiwa. Techiwa. So, you know, another good player that's got a lot of – I mean, he does a good bit too down low. I mean, but but there again, you got the guys you got to put up against them. B.J. Mack should be able to handle this kid. Um, my favorite, you know, I love Taylor Cooper because of his yeah. assist ratio. But in the game against Missouri, he got rebounds. Mm-hmm. Cooper had a really good game, 11, 8, and 3. Well, Stephen Clark had a decent ball he did. game. And, uh, B.J. Mack, 21, Mack 4, and 2. had a good one. Uh, you know, it's – You could be right with I'm, the game winner. Yeah, That's all I'm, I'm still looking for uh, the guy that had the pneumonia uh, – Double name. Oh, yeah. I can't I remember. I can't catch his name. Colin right. Murray Boyles. That's him, boy. Yeah. And I, I love Murray. that kid. Or is it play. Benjamin no, Bozeman? No. It's Boyles. Well, Boyles, the, the like first Boyles. one, he's a player, but he's just now getting his strength. And I think this team coming into the season, we're looking for him to be doing the things that he's doing now. He should be in a starting role, but he's got to get his health back. Uh, the other double name guy, he's good. He's a good ball player. He may, he's smart with the ball. So uh, this is going to be an interesting game tonight. And it's, it's one that's going to be probably a five-point ball game. But we need to win it at home. That's a good call, Stan. They're averaging 76 a game, and we're averaging 73. So that's three-point differential. Yeah. Uh, but their percentage, on, or their defensive percentage, it, it, it advocates us probably picking up a win because we're 64%. They give up 70% shooting. Every game. And now, if we can go there and we can shoot 70%, we'll win that game at home. Yeah. Just well, gotta, we're, we're one of the top 20 teams in the nation in scoring defense that or defensive, whatever they call it. Um, so, you know, we know we're going to play defense. Our problem is finding the bottom of the basket. I mean, we can't hit free throws. We're better this year than we were last year. We bring in Studi, who last year at Vanderbilt was just – if he didn't get 10 threes a game, he had a bad game. Well, we can't get him to get three. Miles Studi's that guy. He's the, he's, he's the impact player because yeah. if he does, I was just looking at rebounds, 41 apiece for both teams. That's pretty close. I, I'm proud, though, because you said something about free throws. We are 77th in the country. Mm-hmm. Right, well, but we're 77%. Yeah. Coming off a year or two ago, that's like 80% as opposed to 2%. Yeah. We're a lot better at shooting a free throw this year than we, we were last year. What was year. it, 23%? Yeah, and it was awful. I remember. Yeah, it was terrible. 15 assists a game to Georgia's 12. I mean, it's a home game, and like I said, we well, got to get it. That goes to Cooper. It does, Taylor Cooper. The increase in that is yeah. Cooper. And, uh, you know, we do – we're not – we're not a run-and-gun team. Okay, we're a deliberate bring-it-up-the-court, get a couple of passes, get – Get a shot. Whether it's a three-pointer or a, a layup, you know, 
looking for that open shot. And we're delivered, and that kind of, it kind of gets you just kind of sleepy at times. <laughs> you know, you want them up and down the court much like the girls do, but they don't. And uh, but All right, so the Gamecocks uh, should be a fun o'clock. one. Nine o'clock tonight. Same time Clemson plays, and we've had this discussion <laughs> before. High in the world are these two teams in state, and they play games. And every one of them play at the same time yep. on the same day. Well, see, it's, it's good for the team, though, because I can't watch your game. I can watch Clemson's game because I only have ACC. So now I, I understand why he likes Amanda Butler so much. I it's only games he can watch. only game he can watch. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, there you go. Here, here's what you talk about here in this game, though. This will be our biggest opponent coming up win-wise in conference. We play Mississippi State. Not that great. We just beat a team that wasn't that great. Eight and eight was Missouri. This is a twelve and four team that have played three straight top twenty-five teams at home, but they've still won two of the three. And at twelve and four, we're fourteen and two, and they're coming into to uh, CLA. So, it's a, this is a game you better get your butts out let, too. Let, let's hope that uh, well, the crowd's going to be there because this is Georgia. It is. This is a rival game, so. I don't know if it's a sellout. I hadn't seen if it was a sellout or not, but there'll be 10,000 plus. You know, um, it's a very winnable game. Georgia going on the road. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's After go. After several get home it. games. Yeah, let's go get it. All right. Um, uh, real quick, let's make mention of the Gamecock women because they had a phenomenal game <laughs> against Kentucky. Boy, it was That's close. 98-36, the final in this one. By the way, USCA forced 15 turnovers, had 24 points off of those turnovers. Gamecocks hit 66% of their shots in the second half, including a four or five from three-point range to go along with all that. But none of them, uh, even uh, none of that even compared to what Ashley Watkins did uh, with her third career dunk there in the first quarter off and of a if steal. if you hadn't seen it, you need to get on Gamecock <laughs> Central and look at it. you got to get so a Gamecock got, Central because they got they the slam got, cam. they got the slam cam on the backboard. And you see her hand is clearly above the rim when she threw that ball through the rim. Uh, and, and you're talking, this is a 6'3 female that's got springs in her legs. And it set that crowd on fire. It was, and from then on, Kentucky was just doomed yeah. <laughs> to go that along was, with all that. Well, and uh, <clears throat> the three-pointers they hit, I mean – and they, again, I think they had eight or nine blocks. Yeah, Cadosa had five, I believe. Yeah, so she I had mean, a huge night on the defensive yeah, well, side. Well, I mean, so. and it was everybody blocking shots. And then out the rebounds, I don't know what the rebound told. It was ridiculous, too. <laughs> I mean, like I told y'all before we went on air, it, I watched a scrimmage game. And I wouldn't even call it a scrimmage game because when the coach gets at midcourt, and you've got a minute left in the game, and it's telling you don't shoot the no, ball, <laughs> let the shot clock run Take out, the and give them the ball back. Yeah. Uh, and that's turnovers, by the way. When you have yeah. three of those, those are turnovers. Yeah, that's that's just a fun. turnover. I mean, and, so. and, and she don't like turnovers. But she'll know that's one of them. So she'll know she'll, she'll know the she's the why. one that caused it. Your yeah. Sarah Cruz is my pow-pow. Because every time she shoots, I'm pow-pow. <laughs> I saw I would do the game. Tahina Papa, I mean, 14 points last night. I'm going to tell you who's marking that way up that ladder, and we knew she would, and that's uh, Full Wally. 
from Columbia. Yeah, yeah. Um, the freshman this year, she's working her way up there, and poor Chloe, you're working your way down by giving her the opportunity to step up. I'm like, that's what we got. And like I said, the thing about this year's team, Stan, and I talked about it earlier, but this isn't like the last two or three years where we haven't had depth at the end of the year and we needed it. Oh, well, there's going to be depth at the end of the year this year. They're going to be depth at that bottom this time. Well, I don't think it's as much of that. I think we had a depth last year, but it was we wore the first team out. Yeah. Playing them so much. Uh, this year, I mean, the first team's usually on the bench seven minutes into the game. Um, she's playing and, different people. Different, I mean, different, yeah. She's got all kind of different, different lineups going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody that puts on a uniform and is healthy to play is playing – and most of them are getting points. I mean, Raven Johnson had 11 points. I mean, you know, they, you, you had three, you had four and double figures in that game. And like I said, don't just hey let off the gas. You can, when, yeah. and once she does that, and that team doesn't do it, I mean, that that's when it becomes an issue there because, yeah. you know, it's kind of like what was the game? That, oh, never mind. I know who it was. I'm not even going to talk about it. It was the Falcons game last <laughs> week, and all and they decided they were going to take a knee, and he threw the touchdown pass. <laughs> Yeah. And that's our quarterback from Florida State, Jameis Winston, who probably shouldn't play anymore in the league. He's worn his welcome out. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, – You know, I was hoping that the women would play LSU sometime in the regular season, but they don't. Yeah, uh, yeah that the might... women do. They got to oh, go they do. to LSU. You're right. Yeah. January 25th. Yeah. It's coming uh, yeah. up. At Baton yeah. Rouge. Yeah. That's At what, Baton, next week? They got to go to Baton Rouge, yeah. Baton. Next, let's see, Thursday. Be an 8 o'clock game Thursday. Oh, saying they yeah. make it an early game for you. <laughs> you only need half of the nap. Yeah. Yeah, All right, go. we're in Sun, Maine, and Uptown Greenwood. Invite you to come on by B-Rad. Getting the bar ready for happy hour in the process of all that. They've got some great specials here on Tuesday. They had the uh, two hot dog special to go along with the fries and a drink for about 8 bucks is what you got it for. I think so, Willie got four hot dogs today. He might have had two specials on the process. All that. But, uh, yeah, a great place to come. Live entertainment every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night to go along with all of that. Um, and we thank Howard so much for uh, letting us come here each and every twice a week, yeah. as a matter of fact, uh, in the course of all that. But he's a, a very, very busy man. And if you need a catering event, uh, come on by and see him for that. Um, also, you can rent the room upstairs to go along with that. And he puts a little tail right here if you need to, <laughs> like we do, so. All right. Uh, well, the reason we haven't talked a lot of high school stuff is because of the weather. Uh, you yeah. look back at what happened Friday. A lot of the games ended up being postponed or canceled in the process of all of that. Same thing happened uh, with Martin Luther King Jr. Day uh, and the celebration that went on then. Although there were not in school at that day, so hence no activities to go along with all that. So here we are on Tuesday, first day back, and there's all kinds of stuff that's going on. Now, there were a couple of things that did happen over the course of the weekend, and when you look at um, – uh, men's wrestling um, for Greenwood High. They had a very, very productive uh, weekend on Saturday to go along with all of that. Um, ended up uh, another duel, couple dual meets to go along with it. They ended up battling um, uh, three teams, I believe, if I can remember who they ended up uh, going against. I know the girls, um, they wrestled uh, Abbeville Dixie in North Augusta. <coughs> In the course of all that, ended up winning uh, in that one. The guys uh, had a little bit tougher time 
um, in their matchup. Uh, they ended up uh, winning 40-39 to 39, uh, over the Clinton Red Devils in this one, but they were down early. And you got to remember, too, Greenwood just now is getting back a couple of their star wrestlers due to injury that happened over the course of the, the holiday season. So they're getting a couple of guys back, including Bryce Seaborn, which is huge uh, in that regard because, uh, you know, he was a, a state champion last year, and, and it's one where getting him back, and, and now he's having to kind of slowly get back into it. But this was a tough match for Greenwood High. Very tough. And, but there again, you had a couple of guys that couldn't hit the mat for him, and Bryce is a huge deal, part of that deal. So, But like I said, we're just so blessed in Greenwood, this area. The Lakers have wrestling everywhere at every and one it, of your teams. It's competitive every at every level. It is. Uh, from, from Dixie and Abbeville, Greenwood, Emerald, 96, all these teams are just. And you wonder what would happen if Greenwood was healthy during that 96 tri-meet. Yeah. You would see point. more. I got a friend, her son, her son and daughter used to wrestle up at Highlands up in Gaffney. And the one thing that they loved about it up there was the fact that week in, week out, literally every weekend, you've got to meet to where you're maybe 1A, 2A, and you're going against five and fours. Mm-hmm. And that makes your team stronger. Because when you're talking about the mat and everything like that, that gets you stronger. You may lose those matches, those meets, but uh, like I said, they, <laughs> they love the fact that it's like that. And it's the same way around here. Yeah. You may end up with a Lexington coming in here to Greenwood, or you may be going to Lexington for a meet, and you may be Dixie or Abbeville or 96 and having to go to those meets because they're just few and far between. Well, they're all doing quads and tries and all. So, you know, you're going to get – you're not going to just play or compete against one team. Uh, make, might make for a long day for some of the parents <laughs> – but uh, you know, it's it's a we've got a strong <laughs> reputation here in the upstate for quality wrestling. So if you hadn't seen it, you need. And this goes always even into the college ranks at Lander. Yeah. If you haven't been to one of these wrestling, you need to go. You need to go see the new match over at Greenwood High. These, pretty these fans get into this stuff. <laughs> I mean, and this is the real wrestling. No, yeah. man, I watched it last night. <laughs> I watched it last night. That's wrestling. You know, they're hurting each other on the wrestling. Yeah. So they got uh, ACL injuries and all kinds of other things going on right now. So, um, need, need either need to get in the workout or get a better coach. That's right. But, like I said, man, you got a guy like Seaborn. You know, Dax is a big boy. I mean, he's not a little man at all, and he's a lineman, and he's used to getting pushed around and all that. But I'm going to tell you, man, you got to watch those little dudes that, that get on that mat with you because when you're down on that mat, you're basically the same height then, and they can use that little quick advantage to them <laughs> and not get pinned as quickly as they have been. But, yeah, it's great. Wrestling. Stan's right. It's great well, wrestling what, in the Lakers. Uh, one of the announcers on TV tonight to, talking about the little ones we're talking about at the Carolina game uh, about Chris's girl. And that she's skinny strong. <laughs> talking about Chloe Kiss and Chloe. she's she's real thin, but they say she's strong as you know. And that's what happens in the wrestling. That these guys are not only are they strong, but they're quick. They're quick strong. Yeah, Chloe kinda got away with a little Elbow last night, it got to hit close to the chin that I didn't think she'd get away with. But yeah, don't don't post up on her because she'll put she'll knock you back down. All right, she's stronger than she looks. And Barry, 
Well, spring sports are coming up. Matter of fact, some of them already began last week um, when you look at it. But we got baseball um, that's coming up. You've also got uh, uh, boys golf, boys soccer, girls soccer, um, softball, uh, men's tennis, uh, and track and field all begin uh, either last week or coming up here at the end of the month to go along with all of that. So that's what we got to look forward to uh, in the process of finishing out the winter sports. If you if you're able if you're kind of play your cards right, you can go to these high schools and you can watch baseball games, softball games, a track meet, and a soccer game all in the same night. Yep. It doesn't matter where you <laughs> and, sit. And, and just go visit the concession stand and get your supper. And uh, But it is, it's getting ready to be a very, very busy time for the athletic directors around. Uh, Chris and I were looking earlier uh, – the first preseason Division One baseball poll came out. Clemson ranked number ten. <coughs> South Carolina ranked number twenty-five. Oh wow! So two teams insta. Oh, and Coastal was eighteen. Eighteen. So we got three teams in the little state of South Carolina all in the top twenty-five. Going to be another fun year. So it's going to be yeah another <laughs> fun year when it gets to collegiate baseball in the state. I hope it's fun this year. <laughs> All right, before we get into uh, the uh, uh, classifications as far as what class and who is appealing and all of that, I want to make mention that American Legion Baseball is now taking applications. So if you're interested in in, uh, joining Post 20 this uh, coming season and and getting involved with uh, you know, softball, baseball. I mean, they've got, what, four baseball teams? Yeah. They got the varsity, and then they got the three JV teams to go Thanks, along yeah. with all that. Uh, they got the girls' softball as well. You need to go to hometeamonline.com slash team slash registration dot ASP question mark U equals South Carolina dash baseball. Uh, best thing to do, just go to their Facebook page, American Legion Post 20. It's on there. Just click on that link, and it'll take you to where you can register as well. Um, also, you can go to hometeamonline.com. Just kind of follow through. It's going to be exciting year. you got a new coach. And why, you got a, why got a you, fun coach, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Ryan Slack. <laughs> and while you're on that, on that computer looking at this page, go over to Dixie High School Athletics. And look at the pictures of their new field house. It's phenomenal, yeah, it's um, it's, the uh, pictures I've seen so it's far. It's going to make a lot of people jealous. You know, and we were there for the uh, Anderson game, game. as well. Yeah. We got a chance to kind of peek in the windows and see uh, what was going on. Now, they didn't have any of the equipment or anything in there right now, but that's all brand new, everything. Yeah. Uh, they didn't transfer anything over from no. the old. It's all brand new weights yeah. and, and benches and things that are in there. And y'all were talking about jealousy. I I had to send it to my buddy now. <laughs> so your Benji's probably not happy with me. You're right just now. trying to stir the pot over there. I'm He's good at that. Stirring it I'm a, a yeah, bit. I'm good at that, man. Come see me when we're making that hash, man. Come on. <laughs> stir that pot. All right. Well, South Carolina High School League, this is uh, – we, we, the reason we why we're a little late today is because we wanted to watch the great collegiate uh, go ahead and uh, present their uh, appeal as to their classification, jumping from 2A to 4A. Um, they wanted to jump back down to 3A in the process of all of that. Um, the high school league basically came out and said, no, uh, you know, you can appeal and take it to the appellate court uh, and let them look at it, and that's probably what they're going to do. But they were denied overall. Uh, the difference in, in – 
that uh, and some of the others, like Abbeville was the very first, 9 o'clock this morning. I texted you guys yeah. to let you know Abbeville was denied. Abbeville had a good claim, and that was the travel aspect of it um, in regard to how much they were traveling. And the high school league, I don't think, heard them as to what they were doing. they got to travel over 100 miles to get to Blacksburg, about 95 to get to Chesney. I think Glandrum was around 90 in the process of all of that. And it looks like the high school league, when they come out with, with regions, is probably going to put them back in that group uh, with the travel aspect of all of that. But they denied Abbeville um, the right to, to uh, move down to 1A in the process of all that, even though they made a good claim in stating that two other schools in 1A would be within a 15-, 20-minute ride. I think one thing you were talking about with the travel issues, I think I think that Jerome and that, that committee will look at that since they, they did it in the right way. They didn't come out boisterous and bowed up, ready to whip somebody. They did it the right way, and I think committees look at that and they say, you know what, maybe it's a good argument. I was a little surprised because it looks like when with Abbeville, we only look at one thing, and that's football. And I think Abbeville's reason wanting to go down was for the other sports. It's for everything else, baseball, yeah, basketball. But, but if they put them in the region that you're talking, they're going to put them in, those teams are going to have the same amount of travel. And I think it's – They got to right. come back. They, they got to go to Abbeville. It's a fair team, aspect. But. And and their teams are, are – they're going to be competitive. I'm sorry. They're going – and these people that say, well, we can't be competitive in these other sports, and y'all have heard me say it before, <laughs> athletic directors, go hire you a baseball coach, a basketball coach, a track coach. Don't go hire a football coach and say, oh, coach you know everything. what this orange ball is? You know what this yellow ball is? Go coach it. You know, but to take – I'm going to play devil's you, advocate and, and take Mr. Recruit, Gioli's. And then <laughs> you recruit – then you go that coach and go and recruit his high school and get players out. Yeah. But Mr. Gioli was basically saying, uh, but this is the South. This is this is football country to go along well, with all that. It was baseball country before <laughs> it was football country. I promise you that. At least in Greenwood, South Carolina. And it's still holding true. We've got strong baseball programs. But if you look at the schools that have the strong baseball programs, guess what? They have strong coaches. They've got a baseball coach, and he don't coach football. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Let Lucille, <laughs> this is the big one. It, it, you know. The, the uh, thing with the high school league committee as of right now, and you heard some of yeah. what they had to say yeah. and all of that, um, and that I didn't agree with, is they basically took the three-point um, – factor multiplier out yeah. of the equation and said, yeah. well, you would have been in 2A anyway without the multiplier. Yeah. Um, no big deal. Yeah. We're going to keep you in two, you know, that type of thing. Uh, what good does the three multiplier do if that's how you're going to try to defend what classification you put them in? I mean, well, take it away. Uh, and, you would have been there that, anyway. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. In, in that case, well, you got Abbeville's wanting to go down. It's not the fact that they're moving up. They're wanting to go down. But the numbers are saying you would have been a two anyway. So why do you want to go down? <laughs> you know, you've been a two for how long? <laughs> you played softball for how long? Baseball, basketball, track. Come on. Wait a minute now. It's now. about four years ago they won state in basketball or five years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. Like that, yeah. It's been a little while. But, I mean, but I, they, they were 1A at that point, though. You're right. And you're right. Maybe that's. 
I, I don't know. I'm like you. If you if you're gonna bring multiply in, you got to keep it in. You can't just you can't you can't, can't because can't if you defend do, the multiplier by not having it in. Because the that's an appeal that Gray will have now. Mm-hmm. That they can go back and with a guy like Harpoolian or whatever. Who knows what can happen now once you do let your lawyers get involved in it. And that'll be something I promise you we brought up when they appeal. Mm-hmm. Their reappeal or when whatever. When it goes to appeal committee. And that'll be the one thing they're going to say is how can you be like use it in one aspect and you don't use multiply in another one. So I think they gave them a little bit of wiggle room with that, with them ruling like that. But all in all, so far, so good. I mean, we didn't get to hear about my school, Horse Creek Academy, but. Well, you know, we. <laughs> you know, I mean, we'll, well find out. The thing about it, I think Abbeville. He may have kind of jumped the gun a little bit with the appeal. You know, maybe they were thinking, okay, if Christchurch and Southside Christian and this one and that one, if they get bumped up, then if we bump down, then we'll have a better chance of winning in the Olympic sports. And they would. But, you know, if they get bumped up, we're not going to have to play them anyway, so it ain't going to matter. <laughs> All right, so Abbeville loses the appeal. They will yep. remain in 2A as the, um, the last team in 2A as far as the, the multiplier, well, goes. multiplier goes. Fox yeah. Creek surprised me because Fox Creek came in and basically they had a different different strategy as far as their appeal, and that was they didn't have the facilities right. in order to be a 4A team. Um, yeah. So they uh, basically said, well, we want to be a 3A or a 2A. We think our facilities can you know, can, can be that. 3A, yeah. um, the other thing is they brought up and they compared North Augusta, which is like seven miles from yeah. them, they said, um, versus uh, what they had. And, and it was like night and day. There's no way that they would have been able to have – uh, anybody from North Augusta in their gym uh, as well as their fans uh, yeah. in the process. Because you're looking at, what, North Augusta's maybe 6,000, 5,000 maybe? Maybe, yeah. Versus maybe 1,000 to 1,200. Yeah. I mean, the uh, North Augusta gets players from a lot of places too. So, I mean, that's, that's what they argued was the facility yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. And they brought up basketball, not the football side of it, yeah. which I thought was very smart because everybody else that has appealed here so far, um, they look at the football oh, aspect of it. it. They brought up the basketball uh, aspect of it and some of the Olympic sports to go along with it. The committee said, you know what, you're right. We're going to move you down to 3A, not 2A. So they, that was the you know, only one I saw that they actually sympathized with and moved them down. Well, and then you had once like, with Greenwood and Emerald both, they didn't question being moved up because they knew they were going to. They knew Emerald if knew. If not now, it was, it'll be later. Yeah, they knew. Emerald knew that it was on the verge of being a 4-H school anyway. Greenwood knew it was on the verge of being a 5-A. Yeah, you may be the smallest one in 5-A, but you're still going. You've been there before. You've been there and done that before. So, um the other ones around, you know, Dixie, a lot of these other schools, they didn't question where they were put. And we just going to go. We'll do the best we can with where we are. Yeah, the only other one from the upstate that, that petitioned was Seneca going from a, th- a 4A to a 3A is what they wanted to have happen. That ended up being denied. And um, they, they really didn't have a good defense. They basically stated that they wanted to compete against the other schools that were their same size. Now, Seneca's a little bigger than some of them, but – they wanted schools the same size, like a Daniel and things of that nature, that would compete in the 3A aspect of it, and that ended up being denied. Now, 
Great Collegiate, uh, we saw that one and how it went. Um, got off to a bad start, I thought, <laughs> overall, uh, when you come out and you tell the committee that they were wrong from the get-go uh, with everything um, from there. And it basically, you, you brought a lawyer to talk to you rather than your administration. And I think that might have been um, part of the reason why things kind of got off on the wrong foot for them. That's what I said before. I mean, you can't come in there and just like all load up like you that that you're the one in charge. And this is the reason from day one of Great Collegiate ever being a school, this is the attitude they've had. This is the reason that Chris Cox doesn't like Great Collegiate and never will. You don't like me for not liking it, don't like me. That's fine. And I got a bunch of friends I know that don't. But this is the reason because they come out all bowed like they are this charter school that's supposed to be better than anybody else and they are competitive at a lot of or a lot of sports they're competitive but the reason they lost this appeal to Tom is why what what did, what was the reasoning for this and this is what is the craziest of all well the safety issue was the numbers that they had and they and they went with football even though the committee tried to get them to change it and go to basketball and baseball they stuck with the football aspect of it saying they're 35 players against 100 players for the other teams in 4A but there's a one and I don't know, in each game but I don't yet, know how many teams yet, have uh, 100 players in 4A but yet in seasons past they played 4A and 5A schools and beat them mm-hmm. So well, they, they why, brought up why the, wasn't that safety? Oh yeah. well, they start. Well, we can't have. We have to bring our JV. Blah. Wait a minute. You know, uh, if I was going to use that argument, I would have done what, I, what we talked about off air. I would have called the schools, the four-way schools that were the same population numbers that they were telling me I was, and I'd find out how many actual varsity football players you had. I'd have dropped down to three A. Because I guarantee you, Belton Honey Path has, and Daniel have more than 35 players. They probably got <laughs> closer to 70 and 80. They probably have 80. And, and, that's, and that's 3A schools, and that's where they were wanting to go to. And see, that's the key. Yeah. They were okay with three and having teams like mm-hmm. Clinton. Well, Clinton's. Well, Camden was the one they brought up yeah. that they Camden, ended up being. Yeah. And they're talking about they've already scheduled a, a game next, this coming with Dutch year Fork. with Dutch, Dutch Fork. Fork. I remember playing Gaffney two years ago, and they played well against Gaffney. So for it to be the safety aspect, you wouldn't go to IMG because you need a game. You might call Florida and say, hey, can I play that little 1A or 2A team down there, That whoever is whoever. But they didn't. They scheduled teams that they knew they probably couldn't beat for this reason. And it's another reason they got bombshelled, and the man hit that gavel and said, be quiet, deny <laughs> So. All right, so it's going to be fun to watch what happens tomorrow. It'll be round number two uh, with the general uh, uh, committee to go along with it. You'll have 9 o'clock, Greer Middle College will get started. One I'm anxious is at 9.30, Christchurch. I was going to say, uh, I was talking, Petitioning from a, 4A to 3A. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll see if they come up with anything different uh, in the process of all I that. I think they're going to hold in just like they did with uh, Greg. Now, Christchurch now has had... <laughs> If they were smart, they were listening to what Gray was arguing today. We can't use the same arguments that Gray used. Or sounds like Christian for that matter. Right. We can't use that safety issue. We got to figure what else. Oh, well, let's see. Fox Creek, they did the facilities issue. Maybe we need to look at our facilities. <laughs> oh, we can't they don't do have that. a prayer. No, Christchurch yeah, is pretty we nice. Got, we got better facilities. Yeah, Christchurch is pretty nice. So, 
Uh, they, you've got to find another reason. You can't just go in there and say, we don't want to do it because we don't want to do it. You've got to have, these are smart people. You know, these are school superintendents and principals and, and all that. They didn't get to where they are by being dumb. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the other one everybody's going to be watching uh, happens at noon right after lunch. Uh, it'll be the first thing. Bishop England petitioning oh, yeah. to go from 4A to 3A as they're going to be looking for a new football coach here as well in yeah. the process of all that. So. Well, great collegiate is too. Mm-hmm. And another football coach done left. And another school there again, Tom, that doesn't have the best graces with the Sacramento High School anyway. It's Bishop England. It's yeah. them. So they cannot, like I said, don't come in there like you own the state. What? What? Clear me up on something here. The the lawyer guy for Great Collegiate said something about the state. They were trying to say they were in the three, four A range. They were with, arguing the uh, attendance, uh, attendance zone, zone that they had, and they were in the Brooklyn Casey attendance zone. But yet, uh, they were arguing that they shouldn't have been in that attendance zone. That it should have been a statewide attendance zone, which totally defeats what it makes they saying. were trying yeah. to do. Yeah. I think, in a way, I think in a, they were trying to maybe try to get more funding. Because they don't get a whole lot, but yet they ride around on, in their little rap bus that the man was so proud to talk about. That's what I tell you, man. Go down there on, on a Monday or Tuesday. I mean, they got meals on wheels running out that bus. That's where they're getting these players. <laughs> so, uh, Gray's not ever – and I say I'm going to take some hits for that today, and I don't mind. But we'll hear from them again next week. I am almost positive. Yeah, they're going to go to the appellate. Oh, they're going to the appellate. Yep. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't think Abbeville will. I think Abbeville's done. I'm going to be satisfied with where they're at and, and move on from there. Uh, Landrum is also going to be tomorrow. I think they're one of the last teams petitioning from going uh, from 4A back down to – or from 3A to 2A. I'm trying to stay in that 2A region as well. That may happen. So that could possibly happen. That could really happen. Uh, Also, Skiza, the athletic committee, they came out with their football classifications for the uh, next year and what's coming up. And it looks like Greenwood uh, Christian is going to be in the 2A ranks. They'll be in there with Calhoun Academy, Christian Academy, uh, Clarendon Hall. You also got Dillon Christian, Hilton Head Prep, Orangeburg Prep, PD Academy, St. John's Christian, Spartanburg Christian, and Thomas Sumter. So those – That's some travel. That's some travel, but those teams are a lot better than what you've done the last two years. I mean, Dorchester Academy and Faith Christian and Patrick Henry, those are some big schools. But for a school the size of Abbeville – to start using mileage, let Greenwood Christian say, here, you take my schedule, let me take yours. You'll see how much gas you burn in your bus. Because <laughs> you did a little bit of random, random you know, brakes you, off what, yeah, three years ago. Yeah. And same thing now. But you're right. they got to play downtown. they got to be ready to play football now. they got to be ready to go. It's not Calhoun. It's but they have, Calhoun. Well, it is Calhoun, but it's not Calhoun. They have, they have been – They've got a successful program built over there. They they've got some good players over there, and they they're going to be in a lot of these games. All right, and Lawrence Academy and Newberry Academy they dropped down to eight man football this year. They did. So and didn't expect to see that happen. A little surprising because Lawrence Academy has done a lot since yeah. they became and they're building, they're growing and since they've been. And I mean, there again, I maybe something to do with something we have no idea about, but I imagine they're going to be. Moseying back on over there before long because I think they get if they <laughs> drop totally down or whatever that's going to put them back to where they're winning everything and they're going to step back up. Well, this goes to and I think we've talked about it with with, with the public schools. Uh, everything cycles. 
you know, and Greenwood is getting ready to come up on a cycle where they've got a boatload of athletes the same age. You know, they're going to be in 11th grade next year, 10th grade next year. So that's just a cycle. And and the same thing's probably happening at Lawrence Academy. They're cycling their enrollment. They're 10, 11, 12, they're high school age kids. Maybe they have more females than they do males. You know, and, well, we hadn't got but 16 ball players. So now, two years from now, they might have 40. <laughs> but that's just a cycle that every school goes through. And I don't care what sport you play, you're going to have years where you don't, you look out at the field and you're saying, okay, I got 11 players out there, but I hadn't got a player. So that's the football classifications. The all-sports classifications for Skeezy Athletics Committee basically came out and said that um, Greenwood Christian will be a 3A school. So that will put them in there with with the tough guys. Uh, as we said, uh, Patrick Henry, um, Spartanburg Christian, Spartanburg Day, um, St. John's Christian, that, that group in the process. But don't you think that comes as a result of the success that they yeah, have I, had? Probably. And that's more that's and, kind and of like be a competitive committee is saying, yeah, yeah, this is what you this is where you need to be. And, and like I said, this is all based similar to skis uh, yeah. to uh, South Carolina High School League. It's yeah. enrollment numbers. You look at um, Lawrence Academy, they're going to be in a 2A classification. You got uh, Cambridge Academy will be in the 1A along with Palmetto Christian Academy of Greenwood mm-hmm. and PCAG uh, as well. And that's the largest classification in 1A. That, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. That'll be interesting. And there's some huge teams in here as, as well that have, uh, you know, dominated. Uh, you look at Anderson Christian um, has been very good on the men's side in basketball. You got Holly Hill Academy and Heritage oh. Academy. Good gosh. Um, you know, throw in North Myrtle Beach Christian uh, and Newberry Academy as well. You got some good teams. You better uh, there's another one down there toward Beaufort Christian. They pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> they pretty good too. Yeah, but four classifications in all sports: four uh, A, three A, two A, and one A. So. And that makes Skiza more and more interesting. A lot okay. of people you say Skiza, and it was just one thing, a couple teams, and then uh, it's it's out there down there. It's they got their and, own little and, conference. And and every division seems to be competitive. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, yeah. Every division is going to have that school that they're in the middle of their cycle, and they can they can beat somebody pretty bad because the other team is at the bottom of their cycle. <laughs> but you better watch out. You don't want to beat them up too bad because you know in three years you're going to be at the bottom of your cycle, and they're going to be at the top of theirs, and they're going to come back and beat you. <laughs> A little sportsmanship here, yeah. my friends. So there you have uh, the political side of the sports that we've gone through uh, over the course of this time around. Uh, like I said, not a lot going on due to the weather uh, as far as local sports goes here, but we got a plenty going on <laughs> political-wise at the South Carolina High School League. Thursday, we hit you with NFL pretty hard, so be ready for the right. NFL side. Hey, after watching the two games I watched yesterday, yeah. I think I'll be ready. Clemson, <laughs> Clemson men on the night, nine Carolina men mm-hmm. on the night at nine. I know Clemson, uh, South Carolina's on ESPNU. I don't know about Clemson. Uh, it'll be on my network probably ACC <laughs> probably ACC Listen, plus. And, and for y'all, since I, I'm not a lover of the Tiger, I mean, but I'll have to watch it. So that's just, I don't mean, that's, that's the one I could get and I'll watch it. And so I've seen some pretty good ACC men's games. I haven't watched a whole lot of women ACC, but 
Should be fun, man. Gamecocks need to win at home. Clemson needs to win, so let's get it. All right, enjoy the games. Uh, we'll be back here Thursday here at Howard's. I mean, come join us around 2.30 is when we get things underway. He's Chris Cox. That's the Coach Dan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.